Hey, this is Sunny Ono with Altimore Dragon. And this, this is, is Perched Altimore Dragon on Top Rope. The following announcement has been paid for by Perched on the Top Rope. Welcome everyone to Perched on the Top Rope. I am your host, former dirt sheet writer Lee Walker, and I am joined by Perched correspondent and YouTube.com in Justin We Trust uh, vlogger Justin Largito, as well as from twitch.tv slash perched on the top rope, perched gamings, Alex Todd. Before we begin, ladies and gentlemen, we would like to send our thoughts and condolences to two families as yesterday. Uh, AEW's lead video engineer, uh, Brian Muster, passed away. He had two young children, uh, married, uh, very, very sad. And former WWE star and WWE Hall of Famer, Kevin Nash's son, uh, Tristan Nash, who is 26, both passed away unexpectedly yesterday, which also happens to be Kevin Nash's best friend's birthday, Scott Hall. Very, very sad. We here at Perched on the Top Rope send our condolences as we give a 10-bell salute. Well, boys, a lot happened in the wrestling world this week. Let's start with one of our favorite wrestlers of all time. He is the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. WWE Hall of Famer, Brett the Hitman Hart, recently did a, a virtual signing with uh, KNS. Uh, Justin, I know you like to watch these. I, I was a big fan of these during uh, covid uh, when you couldn't meet wrestlers and these virtuals were all that could get you by. And a lot of news actually gets pulled from these guys. It's absolutely insane. Uh, Bret Hart had a lot to say. <laughs> he had a lot to say about a lot of people, but there's, there's one person in particular that he, he uh, apparently likes to talk about. And we're going to just jump right into it. Some of these Bret Hart quotes. So let's talk Bret Hart, Barry Horowitz, and Goldberg. All right, so here's quote number one. I always thought that if Goldberg got into the, the Hall of Fame, then Barry Horowitz should have gone in the Hall of Fame. Uh, his first slight on Goldberg, it, it, this is like a backhanded compliment almost to Barry Horowitz. But, uh, man, this man just does not like Goldberg, man. But the uh, backhanded compliment definitely goes to Horowitz. How do you guys feel about that? I'm telling you, man, and I've been saying it all week, Bret Hart burying Goldberg, any chance he gets has become an easy guilty pleasure of mine. 
there were at least two, maybe three times this week where Brett has just made me laugh out loud for, from hearing him either bury Goldberg or bury his face scan on action figures. It, it's fantastic. I mean, yeah, I'll say that it, it's funny, which, by the way, speak for yourself when you say Bret Hart is one of all of our favorites. He's not one of my favorites. I like Bret um, Hart, so I guess you're the only person alone on this. That's okay. I'm allowed to have my own opinion, brother. Um, I will admit, though, that like the, 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 the slights against Goldberg are funny at times, but I've already said my piece to you guys on this topic. I think Bret Hart's just kind of a, a bitter old dick at this point and i i get that you're angry that somebody ended your career but like it's it's a it's a fucking accident this ain't ballet they say it all the time apparently this is only ballet when it's bret hart getting injured bret hart like bill goldberg no <laughs> that is the clip that justin played of uh one of the most recent updates on does bret hart like bill goldberg twitter page and uh, they said it was August 8th or something like that. And do you like Bill Goldberg? And he just said, no. <laughs> the Canadian. So, I mean, it's kind of. Like, gets it for me. <laughs> it's, no. It's kind of funny, but man, like get past it. It's been like over 20 years and Goldberg's tried to apologize. I'm with you, Justin. So you're. Shocker. Thank you, Lee. You're welcome. You're welcome. Uh, Bret Hart wasn't done, though. This wasn't the last quote with Goldberg, but uh, he did talk about Earl Hebner. And we've heard Earl Hebner in interviews say that the Montreal screw job was a work. <laughs> uh, I'm going to read I'm going to read uh, Bret Hart's opinion on this. That's not true. He should know better about that. Well, I was well under the understanding that they were going to try and screw me that day. I was just determined to not let it happen. Hart later went on, Earl is a victim of being a coward. I told Earl the night before. I said, they're going to ask you to screw me tomorrow. He added, there's not much to refute about anything anymore. It's all black and white. Um, there's no, I mean, it, it's well documented. It's not a work. I, I remember the interview that Earl did where he said it was a work. It was, uh, he was actually working for impact at the time during this interview. I just can't remember who did it. So what do you guys think? Work, not a work. Look, I'm going to say it's hundred percent, not a work. The Montreal screw job. I can see where certain people would say, Oh, there's certain aspects that make it make you believe that it was a work like, you know, Brett spitting at Vince and it getting on camera and, you know, stuff like that, where stuff accidentally gets on camera. And as we've seen, you know, earlier this week on AEW stuff that they don't want it filmed and on TV, they won't put it on TV, but we'll get to that later. So, you know, Montreal Screwjob, it's absolutely not a work. We've heard. We've heard everything about it and everything that went into it to death in, for the last 25 years. You know, I, to me, it's, it's obvious. It's not. Yeah. I, uh, it's just, it's well-documented that it's not a work. I, I will say this though. 
if it ever came out that it was a work, that is the longest reigning kayfabe story known to man then. If it was a work. Straight up, it'd be the longest. But nah, no way. What do you think, Al? Um, I mean, it's obvious that it's not a work because again, another thing that Brett's been bitter about for decades. That one rightfully so to an extent. Um Lee and I, you, I have debated about this back and forth. Well, I understand the reason that Vince would do what he did from an employer standpoint, from a boss standpoint. I also understand why Brett would be mad. Doesn't mean I necessarily take Brett's side on the matter, but I understand why one would be pissed off about that. You know what I mean? I'm not inhuman. So I, I would understand why he would be pissed that he got screwed on national television uh is it a work no absolutely not that'd be the dumbest fucking thing ever yeah there was there would be no purpose nobody really made any money off of it brett's career went downhill um i mean there wouldn't have been anything in it for him if it was a work to keep him in the company at that point you could have made a huge storyline out of it brett would have been one of the biggest stars of all time i mean obviously he already is but like it would have given him even more of a push into superstardom than he already had. So, yeah. I'm sorry. I just want to say one more thing on on this note with the Montreal screw job. Yeah, it may be a work to Earl Hebner, but it was a work to everyone in the involved in the fucking thing, except for Bret Hart. Like, let's be real. Oh yeah, yeah, there is, yeah. That's a good way to look at it. It was a work, but to everyone, but to Brett, because he wasn't in on it. Right. So uh, this one's my next favorite from the KNS WrestleFest uh, live autograph session. Who he would like to have worked with. So I'm going to read these quotes. And Justin, when I get to the end, I think you know what to do. Oh, yes. Kurt Angle would have been one of my primary guys to wrestle art said i know he always wanted to work with me and i wish i could have worked with him i would have loved to have worked with brock lesnar just because i always heard he was a good pro in the ring opposite of goldberg like bill goldberg no today's date is august 7 <laughs> so uh Bret Hart elaborates a little more others he would like to work with. And when he was in WCW, this could have actually happened. Another guy that I wish I could have worked with would have been Rey Mysterio because Rey was really as special or unique as Andre the Giant was in a different way. There's only one great masked wrestler in history of wrestling that was really great. And that's Rey Mysterio. You know, man, it's it's crazy how long Ray has been in the business and there's so many guys that he hasn't worked with. Like, as we just talked about Brett and then last week on SmackDown in that fatal four-way, uh, they acknowledged on commentary that Sheamus and Ray Mysterio, that was the first time they were ever in a match together. Uh, not one-on-one, obviously, but, you know, ever in the ring, ever had any kind of physical contact with one another. 
And Triple H also recently said if he could work with one guy that he never got the chance to in his career, it would have been Rey Mysterio. And I think with that, there were always ships kind of sailing in opposite directions. It would be one's on Raw, one's on SmackDown, or it gets reversed in the draft. So that's why that never happened. Yeah. Now, I'm going to completely go off track with the Bret Hart stuff, especially with this that uh, Rey Mysterio is the one great masked wrestler in, in pro wrestling. There's an interview that has circulated by Sports Illustrated involving Ultimo Dragon and a match involving Chris Jericho. Oh, here we fucking go. So let me be the first to say this. I've got a clip from an interview from a year ago, ladies and gentlemen. And I'm going to play that because this is when Ultimo Dragon was here perched on the top rope saying that he wants that match as a retirement match. Hey, this is Sonny Ono with Ultimo Dragon. And this, this is, is perched Ultimo Dragon on top rope. The following announcement has been paid for by Perched on the Top Rope. Usually superstars, when they think about their retirement match, and you're still wrestling, um, when they think about their retirement match, they kind of plan it out a little bit. If you were to have your retirement match, who would you pick? He thinks of, um, to answer your question, he thinks of, uh, you know, I might have maybe two or three more years. And, and you know, my, to answer your question, my dream match would be somebody like Chris Jericho who came up together, you know. Um, you know, they started almost together. So they'll, they're wrestling history parallels. You know, Chris is doing a, a great deal at AEW right now. Of course, Ultimo Dragon right now is, is, is doing a great thing at uh, Toriumon in, in Japan. <laughs> so, you know, they're both still competing. They're getting towards the tail end of their stardom, a super stardom. So someone like Chris would be ideal. I don't know. This is something I like to say. So one of the things I like to mention is that the people that I came up with, Rey Mysterio, Chris Jericho, those guys are still competing and they're still super, they are superstars. And he says that really makes me very warm in heart that when I think of them. Hey everyone, thanks for watching that video. If you liked what you saw, make sure you hit the like button and make sure you hit subscribe so you can get all our content here at Perched on the Top Rope. And fans, remember, spoiler freeze, the way to be. I'm out. So Sports Illustrated, we beat you to it.
But where I'm mad about that whole thing is not one website, not one dirt sheet covered Ultimo Dragon wanting a retirement match against Chris Jericho, especially when in our interview, he talks about how he was supposed to have a one-off match in AEW. Sonny Ono was there for the Yuji Nagata John Moxley match, but they didn't show Sonny Ono. And he was actually sitting next to uh, Rocky Romero, but they showed Rocky Romero. They did not show Yuji Nagata's manager, Sonny Ono. That's besides the point. My point is with this interview is we did it first. And we did it better because he openly admits he wants to retire against Chris Jericho and wants the match in AEW. So the fact that it's getting covered over the fact that we covered it first, but because we're not Sports Illustrated that it's not getting covered, I'm a little bitter. I'm not going to lie. I'm pretty pissed off about it more than bitter. So just to straighten that out, we did it first. Granted, there was a lot of aspects out of that interview that did get covered with Ultimo Dragon on our interview. I'm just now kind of like seeing the wheels turn that, you know, we kind of got the screw job on that one. So this is our Montreal screw job. This is the Ultimo Dragon screw job that we got. So fans out there who listen to that interview, it's one of our highest downloaded episodes of all time. So thank you for downloading it. Thank you for listening to it. And thank you for keeping us on the various countries, uh, top 250 chartables. We thank you. I had to be nice because eventually at some point dirt sheets are going to cover other interviews we do. So I can't just go out and full blown spastastic. Like I'm Steve Carrier at ringside news. Mm, that's nice. Cause I was about to go on a tirade. So I'm glad you said that to stop me ahead of time. Yeah. But you hump cows, Alex. Uh, no, according to uh, the man holding the sign in the background behind me, it is in fact, Bret Hart that humps cows. no, I yep. just, I can't believe that heck in the Attitude Era. I mean, obviously it was the Attitude Era, but the fact that you could get away with signs like that is just the greatest thing ever. You can't and tell that, me, if I went to a show right now with a sign that said it, Bret Hart humps cows, it would get taken out immediately. And that is from WWF Raw, ladies and gentlemen. Sure is. Beautiful thing. Got so, yeah, right? So anyway, moving on before I have to go into to more. You mean moving on. Yeah, there we go. Alex, grow up. There you was, laughed. There, one, there was one last quote from Bret Hart, and it's not so much of a quote, and Justin and I are definitely going to talk more about this on Wednesday's episode of Perched on the Top Shelf, episode 10. It's funny because Bret Hart has a lot of action figures in WWE slash WWF, even WCW. He has one of the worst face scans of all time. And he actually acknowledged it when he was signing uh, the ultimate edition Bret Hart. Now the joke he made involved like, why is my hair always in my face? It looks like I need a brush, like for crying out loud. Uh, So even he acknowledged the fact that his, uh, his head, his head scans aren't the best. No, <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Uh, they are, they are absolutely terrible. And uh, 
we're going to stick to the WWE theme right now that we have going on, but we're going to switch brands, if we will. We're going to go to the NXT side. As tomorrow, we have NXT Halloween Havoc. Now, Halloween Havoc was one of my favorite WCW pay-per-views, and I believe it was like one of the best sets I had seen for a pay-per-view to this date. You're not going to change my mind. So, guys, let's talk WWE NXT's Halloween Havoc. And let's give some predictions. Absolutely, guys. Let's jump right into it. Um, Before we start on any of the matches, we will preface this by the fact that Shotzi has returned for Halloween Havoc to be the host and basically be the one to spin the deal, uh, spin the wheel. Make a deal. I had one job and I messed it up. Also, so, I just want to point out before we get started, I think it's a travesty that Pretty Deadly are not defending the NXT Tag Team Championships on this show. Good. Instead, they're being saved for next week's NXT. But you know what? You want the views. You want people to watch. You put on Pretty Deadly, okay? So ridiculous that they weren't a part of this show. Alex, Thank go ahead. Thank God they're not on this show. All righty. Let's get started. So to start off, we have Apollo Crews facing Grayson Waller in a match to be determined still, but it is a spin the wheel, make a deal match. We've seen one of the spin the wheel, make a deal matches announced already for this card, but it appears that this one is most likely going to be saved to be announced for the show. Guys, I've. I've got a this this one's actually a hard one for me. Okay, so like in all reality, I don't give a shit about this match. I really don't. Like I like both of these guys separately, but like their story doesn't do much for me except for like the fact that their storyline is that Grayson Waller thumbed Apollo Crews in the eye at one point and now his eye randomly bleeds and he has visions. So basically he's on LSD. Uh so like I don't know where we're going with this. Uh either way, like the both of these guys kind of need wins. Grayson Waller hasn't been doing much in NXT lately and except like hosting talk shows and Apollo Crews went back to NXT to basically repackage himself. So I don't really think either one of these guys can afford a loss, which is why I think it's very strange that they pitted them up against each other. The only thing I can think of personally is that Grayson Waller wins, but they do it in a way where he cheats and somehow Apollo is not like buried in the process, but I, this is like probably the only match on the card that I really don't care about. So look, it's a little hard to pick the winner of this without knowing the stipulation ahead of time. And you know how many options we have for stipulations, as long as it's not for a fucking eye for an eye match. Like I'm worried it's going to be, I have a feeling it's going to be a first blood match. No, nah, we can't do blood. <laughs> I mean, they'll figure out a way. Yeah, well, you know. But uh, honestly, I'm not, ever since Apollo Crews came back to NXT, I'm not really feeling this character he's going with, with the, you know, I have visions, I see into the future, that's so Apollo. Ah, I see what you did there. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I'm not I'm not feeling it. I, I liked what he was doing on the main roster beforehand, to be honest with you, but. Uh, I'm not too big on Grayson Waller. He's slowly winning me over, but he's not fully there yet. Uh, I think this is going to be an Apollo win easy. They 
did this match a few weeks ago on NXT TV and Grayson Waller got the win there by sticking his thumb right in Apollo's eye. So I'm going to go with Apollo for this one and that'll tie it up one to one and we'll probably get a rubber match in a few weeks on TV. Alrighty, that works for me. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we're just going to throw this in here. The predictions are basically just going to be me and Justin. As Lee has stated in the past, he does not watch NXT anymore. So we yep. are moving on. Crybaby Piss Pants doesn't watch. Yeah, Crybaby Cry Piss Pants has left, the, has left the room. So, Justin, we're going to move on to, believe it or not, this match is the one I'm the most excited for. Julius Creed versus Damon Kemp. I know we got into this a little bit last week when we were like joking around, but this, I don't, I'm not excited for this match based on the people that are in it. Nothing against them. Um, They just, you know, it's, it's obviously like an undercard match, but for me, it's the fact that believe it or not, like the last couple of ambulance matches we've had in WWE have actually been pretty good. We had the Roman Reigns, Braun Strowman ambulance match wasn't bad. Um, And there's another stipulation that if Julius loses, Brutus, his brother, will have to leave NXT. So that adds a little bit to the match as well. And I also feel like there's the the looming cloud over the entire match that Roderick Strong returns either during the match or after the match. So there's a lot of things that could go on in this match that kind of keeps us a little bit hooked on the match and would give viewers a reason to pay attention. I have a feeling I, they're not going to split up the Creed brothers. Right, and that's that's why I don't like that they added that stipulation to the match because it kind of gives it away. It does to an extent, but there's a way that they could go around that. So it said if Julius loses, Brutus Creed will have to leave NXT. It doesn't say that Julius can't leave with him. So, I mean, if, yeah, but it's still kind of... I'm just saying, like, if, you know, we've made, we've made comments recently that WWE is in need of more tag teams on the main roster because the Usos have kind of gone through everybody. So hypothetically, Julius does lose and Brutus has to leave NXT. That would clear up the Creed brothers to go to the main roster, get injected into the tag team division and leave Roderick and Damon to feud on their own. But on the flip side, this also could lead to a, like a retribution angle for diamond mine in general where Roderick Strong returns during the match, costs Damon Kemp the match, and then we have a reunited Diamond Mine that ends up feuding with Damon Kemp and possibly his own stable going forward. So I, I think if booked right, you could go either way, and it is possible that we could end on a good note. Who, I, who do I think will win, though? I think it makes most sense for Damon Kemp to win. Right. I'm kind of in agreement with you on that. I think Damon Kemp should win, seeing as this is his, you know, first big match in this feud. He had the match with Brutus, uh, yeah, Brutus Creed a few mm-hmm. weeks ago with XT, and he lost by disqualification. So he's already one and one and zero or and one against these guys. I'm sorry. Not to mention that family members of his that are also signed to the company have been a major disappointment. <laughs> oh, that's a little, a little too soon, but <laughs> I mean, am I wrong though? No, but anyway, I definitely see them going in the direction of Roddy popping out of this ambulance as soon as Damon Kemp opens the doors and, you know, we get the big diamond mine reunion after following the match. But I think Julius Creed wins this. Okay, we went in different directions. I like it. On the next match, we have a grudge match 
between Roxanne Perez and Cora Jade in a spin the wheel, make the deal match in a weapons wild match. Justin, do you have any idea what a weapons wild match is? And if so, can you kind of educate us a little bit? I'm going to say it just involves a bunch of weapons. Okay. So extreme rules match. There we go. Right. Um, so considering that Roxanne just ate a pin by Rhea Ripley on NXT, I would have to say she's the easy choice to win here. Yeah, uh, Cora got the win on her at Heat Wave a few months ago, so I would imagine the next way to progress this feud is Roxanne wins here. And I, I've been enjoying what they've been doing so far on TV. I wasn't a fan of them just throwing the NXT tag title, women's tag titles on them and then just breaking them up the next week. I feel like there could have been a little bit more done with that, but, and I will give credit to Cora Jade because I have not been a fan of her since day one, but she's, she's been winning me over very slowly. Uh, I, th- I think she's more comfortable as a heel, to be honest with you. Yeah. I don't know. I haven't minded her. She just hasn't stuck out to me until she turned heel. I enjoy the heel character a lot more than I enjoyed the baby face character. And honestly, she's a first she's a really good first big rivalry for Roxanne Perez to show what she's made of. Well, look, it just bothered me that she had this fucking skateboarding gimmick and she can't skateboard more than two fucking feet down the ramp. Don't have a fucking skateboarding gimmick when you don't know how to fucking skateboard. That's fair. I mean, you also got to remember when she was given that gimmick that Vince and Bruce were still very much so in charge. Okay. Well, you know what she should have said? I can't fucking skateboard. Don't give me a fucking skateboard. You don't know that she didn't. (laughs) Come on, man. How, I mean, would it really surprise you if, if she went up to Vince McMahon or Bruce Pritchard and was like, yeah, I don't know how to skateboard and I've tried and I've practiced and this isn't going well. So what do we do? And then they just go, well, you skateboard. No, stand and deliver. She had that big fucking entrance where everyone's on a skateboard around her. and She just walks to the fucking ring. She looked so fucking ridiculous. Let me tell you something. I'm just saying it doesn't necessarily mean it's her fault. Look. I, I got I need a minute. Here's a good example. LA Knight was just put in male maximum models. Do you really think he wanted to do that shit or knew anything about that particular kind of fashion? No, no I'm sure he didn't. But you know what? They, they were getting ready to fucking throw him out anyway when Vince was in charge. That's fair. All I'm saying is give her some. I mean, we have given her time. You're, you're, you're coming around to her. So give that's her all. time. I've given her a fucking year. And she's winning you over. You just said it. All right. My point proven. Anyways, who do you got winning? I'm going Roxanne Perez. Perfect. Moving on. We now have a ladder match for the vacant NXT North American Championship because, God forbid, this championship doesn't get vacated enough. We have Carmelo Hayes with Trick Williams versus Oro Mensa versus Wesley versus Von Wagner, who is now being accompanied by Mr. Stone, a.k.a. Robbie E., a.k.a. the greatest X-Division champion of all time from TNA, a.k.a. one half of the Bromans, a.k.a. former tag team partner of Mr. Pectacular himself, Jesse Goddard, the greatest, the best there is, the best there was, the best there ever will be, Mr. Stone. Lee, if you heard what Alex just said, that's why I'm putting in my two weeks once the show is over. Versus Nathan Fraser. Fraser. Fraser? Everyone loves Fraser. I want to say it's Fraser. I don't really care if we're being honest. How did Nathan end up in this match? I missed NXT this past week, and the last time I knew it was a fatal four-way. So, no, it was, uh, it was the way it was when they first announced it, this many participants, but uh, he beat Axiom in their uh, best of three series. Oh, he won in the best of three series. Okay. Right. 
yeah. I, I wasn't able to catch NXT this week because I was honestly watching AEW over NXT. Right. Um, was he originally in the match? Because I saw a graphic originally that only had the four of them. Uh, yeah. What are there, five in this match? Yeah. Okay. Or was it based oh. on, like, whoever won the best of three was going to get inserted into the match? It wasn't the initial, like, reward for the for the best of three. They actually just kind of added it on right over the week before. Oh, so basically at that point, if Axiom won, he replaced Nathan in the match? Yeah. Okay. All right. That makes sense. I'm actually surprised that Nathan won over on Axiom because I thought they were planning to build Axiom up huge. Not to saying that they're not still going to, but, like, Axiom, when he was a kid, won the Heritage Cup. And I kind of just thought it was a no-brainer that Axiom was going to be put into the match. But maybe that's why they want this route, because they had a feeling everybody was going to think that once the stipulation was announced. What Honestly, I kind of wish both of them were in the match, because I think they would have done really good in this. Oh, yeah. They're, they're, two of the matches I saw, their best of three were incredible. Yeah. But I don't, I don't know. Um, I mean, I know this is the easy pick, but I liked him so much as champion before that I kind of want Carmelo Hayes to win again. I wouldn't be opposed to a uh, Carmelo Hayes. I was about to say Apollo Cruz. Jesus Christ. Uh, I wouldn't be opposed to Carmelo Hayes winning, but I think they really are getting ready to move him up to the main roster soon by the Absolutely. end of the year, at least. So I'm actually going in the direction. I'm going to say Wesley wins this. That was going to be my backup because obviously no one gives a shit about Von Wagner. I would, I would honestly rather have Mr. Stone. AKA all of the things I just said before. I'd rather have Robert Stone in the match than Von Wagner. I don't mind him as much as I used to, Von Wagner, but he's still not. Oh man, I can't wait to see this Von Wagner match on NXT. You know, you remember when NXT was first in the middle of or about to transfer into the NXT 2.0 era when it was made to seem like Von Wagner was going to be the brawn breaker of the NXT 2.0 era? Thank God we diverted away from that. Oh Jesus. my God! And the, like the the God awful feud that he had with Kyle O'Reilly, and that was that was Kyle O'Reilly's last big feud before they're, he left they're, WWE. They're, they're God awful feud. They're God awful fucking team. That not so well. Stupid. I mean, the team that turned into the feud. I mean, we all knew right. it was coming, which made it even cringier. None of it was good. It it left a sour oh. taste. It had to have left a sour taste in Kyle O'Reilly's mouth on the way out too. The fucking segments they had them doing, they they did not mesh to, well together at all. Like, it right. was so stupid. And literally, Kyle O'Reilly goes from having the best feud he's ever had in WWE to the absolute worst feud he's had in WWE. Right. Thank God his contract was up when it was fucking up, man. It, it was oh, my bad. God. Can you imagine how his career would have went? I mean, I, I, essentially, in my opinion, had he not had his contract not been coming up, he would have been one of the few stars that would be getting repackaged on the main roster right now oh, by Triple right. H. He would have had to get fixed just like L.A. Knight. Kyle O'Reilly. Yeah, they would have just started calling him O'Reilly, and they would have given him like an Irish gimmick. He probably no. would have joined the Brawling Brutes. No, you know what? Davey would have been after that uh, that sponsorship with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh my God, they would have made him a car they would mechanic. Have made him spark plug, spark plug, Bob Holly all over again. No, no, I still have PTSD from that. Lord. Oh my God. This no, is Kyle please. O'Reilly, but they call me Sparky. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Uh, yeah, so I would say Wesley's a, a good solid backup for me too. I think we all feared for the worst when the whole situation with Zach Wentz went down or Nash Carter, as he was called in NXT. 
that Wesley, we all called it back when it happened. We assumed Wesley was going to be on the next list of the people that were future endeavored, but he's, he's held on. He took the jobbing out that he did for a little while. And he's honestly an easy second runner up to win this match. Right. And you know, when Nash Carter was first cut from the company, the biggest worry, at least in the direction of Wesley, it's like, you know, MSK had just won the tag titles a few days prior. Yeah. You know, they've all had all these plans for MSK. There were no plans for Wesley on his own initially at all. Nope. So, you know, that's, that's fucking scary when that first happens. You, you it, it sucks being in a tag team from the aspect of, you know, you got to pray to God, even though you're on your best behavior, you're doing everything right. You got to pray to God that your tag partner is the same way. You know, it sucks. But thankfully, he's gotten back on his feet from that, and it looks like you know he may be winning this title on at a Halloween Havoc. Yeah, I'd say it's definitely between the two of them. Uh, I would personally like I I want to see Carmelo Hayes win, but I will not be upset at all if Wesley wins the title. Yeah, look, I, I wouldn't mind seeing Carmelo win. I think he's he's done everything he can do with the title, and I think it's time for him to you know move on to bigger things. Okay, I can respect that. Moving on to bigger things, we have the biggest and best thing on this card. We have the luxurious Mandy Rose taking on Alba Fire for the NXT Women's Championship. Uh, you missed one. Mandy Rose, the greatest UK wrestler of all time. Good point. I forgot. NXT UK Women's Champion. Yeah, I probably should make sure I show respect. My apologies, Mandy Rose. So yeah, we've we've seen now uh, for about two weeks we've we've had the combination of toxic attraction and uh, what is it fire and fury or fe- fight and feast and fire feast or fire and whatever the tag team that Mandy and Sonia were fight and desire fire, fire and desire fire there we go desire. I did it I did it I got there I, I was I, trying to think of like what the hell you were talking about for. For a second, I thought you were talking about fire and flavor, and I'm like, Kira Hogan and Tasha Steeles have nothing to do with this. Do you like how I threw Feast or Fired in there? Right. <laughs> oh, God, what a concept. I wish they would bring that back. I love the Feast or Fired matches in TNA. NXT, what the hell am I doing? I need to go. I need to get out of here. I'm surprised um, I didn't want to do the Feast or Fired match last year. Yeah, I honestly am okay with Sonya and Mandy reuniting now that they have like slightly different characters. My issue with their tag team before is they were still both just generic wrestlers. Now Sonya's got like this weird goth authority, badass, slightly MMA thing going on. And Mandy's just fucking hot as hell. And you can't teach that. Yeah, you can't teach that. Mandy's not losing here. I don't care what anybody says. It's not time for this title run to end. She is in the midst of the best run of her career right now as NXT Women's Champion, as the last NXT UK Women's Champion, as the greatest women's UK wrestler in history. This isn't ending soon. I don't know how they find out a way to make Elba lose without making her look bad, but she's not winning. Mandy walks away with the title. No, you see, this is where I completely disagree with you because I do think Alba Fire is winning that woman's title at Halloween Havoc. It's okay to be wrong sometimes, Justin. We're all wrong occasionally. <laughs> well, I'm glad you. I'm glad you're self-aware. That's good. <laughs> anyway, uh, you bastard. <laughs> I do think Alba Fire wins the uh, woman's title at Halloween Havoc. It's 
You know, Mandy Rose has done great with the title for the last year. She actually won the title at Halloween Havoc last year when it was just uh, NXT TV, and she defeated Raquel, don't call me Gonzalez Rodriguez. And, you know, she's done a great job. She's definitely improved a lot in ring as well. So this developmental run has done what wonders for her, I would say. And, you know, Gigi and JC lost the tag titles a few months ago. I think they're just kind of, you know, kicking their feet until Mandy Rose drops the women's title so they can go to the main roster. If them kicking their feet means that Gigi Dolan's ass is shaking, then all is good, good brother. Well, I wasn't going to say it, but I agree with Alex 100% in that direction. (laughs) But anyway, uh, yeah, I think this is going to be the start of Toxic Attraction making their way to the main roster. I would put them on SmackDown because you already have damage control on Raw, and I don't think we need two. Who the Uh, hell cares? All the women's tag teams can go back and forth anyway. Listen, motherfucker, I'm I'm trying to make sense of this. Yeah, well, guess what? The brand the the, the brand split uh, basically until there is a draft. If there's even going to be one, because we were told it was going to be in October, and October has like ten days left. Well, now it's supposed to be after WrestleMania, and I'm just trying to follow the rules the best I can. Okay. Yeah, but the brand split means nothing until then, and damage control doesn't bro, mean anything. Damage control shows up on SmackDown like every week anyway. Yeah, because they have the fucking tag titles; they can show up wherever they want. Oh, what you didn't think about that? Huh? Yep you uh, you got me there. Yeah. Anywho, um. Yeah, see, I don't know. I think I just, I think Mandy Rose is going to win. I love her too much, and I don't see this run ending just yet. I think she's got some more things that she can take care of in NXT. Well, so I'm, we're going to agree to disagree. And just to disagree with you, I hope uh, Alba just cracks with that bat right in the nose on Saturday. No, not her perfect nose. We can't have that. She yeah, needs a nose cool. job, and then she won't look as pretty. It'll be the second time she's had her nose broken in NXT. So, no, well, you're not wrong there. So moving on, we have the main event of the show. We have Braun Breaker, the NXT champion, the last NXT UK champion, the greatest UK champion in all of professional wrestling history. Braun Breaker takes on Ilya Dragunov, who I am so, I'm so high on because his moveset is just incredible. He knows his characters psychology his in-ring character psychology i saw something online one day where someone basically compared Ilya dragonoff to a combination of sheamus and daniel bryan and i can't unsee it because he moves around like daniel bryan but he hits like sheamus if you know what i mean like the stiff hits that you know you can feel while you're watching he's just he's an incredible hybrid of both fast in-ring technician but also complete brute and you don't really see that too much in pro wrestling so we also have jd mcdonough formerly known as jordan devlin in this match too and i'm sorry i don't buy jd mcdonough's character for a second yes he's got this whole thing about hey i know where your bones are so i can break them that's nice i took anatomy in college i know where bones are too you should dress up as a skeleton for halloween yeah, absolutely. Uh, he does his his character right now is doing nothing for me. I actually prefer the Jordan Devlin character, so I don't see him winning. This one comes down to whether or not 
Braun Breaker is imminent for the main roster anytime soon, which I feel like that's becoming a recurring theme when we do any sort of NXT predictions because there's just always this looming, not threat, but like looming possibility that Braun Breaker can show up on the main roster at any point. And that says something about his character work and what he does because if all of the fans at home know that this man is ready for the main roster, then he's ready for the main roster and it can come at any point. If he's going to the main roster anytime soon, I've got to say this is Elliot Dragunov tonight, and that's what my prediction is going to be. So I can kind of see this going in a few different directions, actually. Now, we all know Braun Breaker is tailor-made for the main roster. It's just a matter of when they want to bring him up. The fact that this is a triple threat match makes me believe the possibility of Braun Breaker losing but not getting pinned. Because they did announce, or they're going to announce, I should say. They haven't officially announced it yet, WB. But there will be another NXT TakeOver premium live event style show from the sound of it, December 10th, which means it'll be on the same day as the Ring of Honor final battle pay-per-view. But uh, I could see J.D. McDonough winning this, honestly. Not saying he's my pick. Not saying he's my pick. Get that gross look off your face, Alex. I could see Yulia Dragunov winning. And I could also see Braun Breaker winning. But I want to throw in the wild card factor in all this. Because if you saw NXT this past week, we saw Austin Fury show up. And he didn't cash in, but he he teased it. He held that briefcase up and he looked at everyone in that match and he, he teased it. Now... I don't know how you feel, Alex. I think they absolutely have the balls to have Austin Fury cash in, cash in on this show and win the NXT title. I forgot to mention that because that was something I wanted to touch base on. I think this is actually the perfect way to inject some seriousness back into Austin Theory. Austin Theory is not ready to be a main, uh, main roster world champion right now, and it's not his fault. In ring-wise, he's absolutely 100% ready. He's great in ring. He's got the charisma, but Vince saddled him with a stupid fucking spoiled entitled character forever ago that he just cannot, he cannot wash the stink off of. So in my opinion, I think the only way he gets rid of that is if he goes back to NXT, completely switches his character up, becomes more serious, and takes a run at the NXT championship. So yes, um, I'm going to actually agree with you, and I'll, I'll backtrack a little bit. Initial pick, Ilya Dragunov to win. If Ilya Dragunov is not going to be the champion that wins, Austin Theory cashes in and becomes NXT champion, being the first man to ever cash in the money in the bank on the NXT champion. And look, I'm also looking at this at a standpoint. Theoretically, when's Austin Theory going to cash that fucking briefcase in? You know, if he cashes in on Roman Reigns, he's fucking losing. Absolutely. There's no and, chance. There's no chance they're going to set Roman on this huge historic reign to have him lose to Austin Theory. No disrespect to Austin Theory. And look, we we've we pretty much are all in agreement that Roman Reigns is holding that title to at least WrestleMania next year, if not longer. So say even you have Cody Rhodes beat Roman Reigns at WrestleMania next year, that doesn't mean. Well, say you have Cody Rhodes beat Roman Reigns at WrestleMania next year. You know, that doesn't mean fucking Austin Fury is going to cash in and just to beat, defeat Cody Rhodes. They're not going to give Cody Rhodes a five-minute fucking title reign. You know what I mean? It's just I mean, Vince McMahon would have, but Triple H will not. 
if very fair. I could absolutely see if Vince was still in charge saying, ah, I got your fucking all elite guy and fuck, fucked him over in five minutes. <laughs> uh, he lost his title and now I'm going to put him in polka dots. Right. So that's what kind of what's in my head right now. If they want Fury to have a successful cash in, this looks like it may be the only way. And I think it would actually help him. Right. You know they want to have, it's obvious they want to do more crossover with the main roster and NXT. They've already started having NXT talent on main event before the show. And I know main event doesn't even air in the United States anymore, but still, they have at least two NXT stars from, uh, or two stars from NXT on Raw every week at the tapings. So I could see them putting the title on Fury and, you know, having him show up on Raw still, have him do some stuff in NXT. I absolutely can see them doing that. So yeah. you know what? I think that's my dark horse pick. Right. I'm going to say Braun Breaker retains, but if Fury shows up and cashes in, Austin Fury's winning the NXT title. Absolutely. And I think that's where I'm going with this. All right. So that just about wraps up our NXT predictions. Our Lord and Savior Jesus has returned. Lee, how you doing? I'm going to chime in on that. I chime in with the haven't you people ever heard of. Austin Theory is NXT champ. That was cute. That was a nice moment. We had a moment right there. That was nice. I agree. I think Austin Theory, I agree with you guys 100%. We've seen all Justin, all the crossovers with NXT. And Alex, you and I were just talking about this yesterday because... Tuesday's edition of AEW Dynamite beat NXT. AEW's ratings were what 752,000 and NXT was like 657 or I was something around there. It it, yeah. it was you know it, AEW had like quite a bit more, but that's usually how it was when they were going head to head every week on Wednesdays. And there was the talk of, you know, Triple H apparently saying that if they lose, it's unacceptable. I mean, and he stacked the card with some main roster talent. Uh, However, that didn't happen. He didn't win in the ratings. And Alex and I were talking about this and my theory, no pun intended with theory in this, uh, is the fact that there's not enough fans that are watching Raw and watching SmackDown, watching NXT. Now, Monday night... Watching me... Sweet NXT. Bum, bum, bum. Sorry, I couldn't miss an opportunity to do that. But there's there's just not enough people who watch the main roster watching NXT. Now, if I had to say a difference between NXT and AEW, I would say it's safe to presume... <clears throat> More people are watching AEW that watch the WWE main roster as opposed to NXT. You want to know what the biggest issue is? I can tell you exactly what it is because it's exactly when it changed. 
when they got rid of everybody that was already like a, a household name that was in NXT, your Adam Coles, your Kyle O'Reilly's, your Bobby Fish's, Candice LeRae's, um, basically everybody that was like already a huge name from the indie scene. When they got rid of all of them by either releasing them, moving them to the main roster and inserting the show with a bunch of people that people didn't know. There's a lot of people that never came back from that. I'm not saying that NXT is doing bad now because I'm back to watching NXT, but I'm back to watching NXT because I kind of sat through, I learned who these people were. There's so many of these people like NXT, while it is doing better now, is still not the NXT of old. It is nothing will ever compare to the NXT of old, in my opinion, unless they go back to that exact same type of setup, um, get more indie stars, which they're not going to do because they have this NIL program now. And they have a way that they plan on going forward because they want this to be more developmental like, but they're not getting these ratings because there's not as many people on that show that people know and people care about people want to watch anymore. You had, you know, Keith Lee, Dominic Dijakovic before you had freaking Karrion Cross on NXT. You had Finn Balor going back to NXT. Well, granted judgment days made some appearances. That's one or two appearances. Finn Balor showed up recently you had these guys that came from new Japan and ring of honor and even impact and you got rid of most of them or you moved most of them up without replacing them with people that the audience knows. And a bunch of people said, I'm done with this. And they never came back. Even after this black and gold came back, Lee, you're one of them. And it's not like you don't, like you're not doing it to disrespect NXT. It's not like I'm being a piss pants, a crybaby piss pants and not watching because I just like, you know, there's, there's, there's those people that say, you know, I'm never watching WWE again because they're just pissed off that someone that they didn't like won. That's not the case. This is a case where you took an entire niche of why people tuned into one show. You grabbed it, you ripped it out and you fucking threw it in the trash. That is an entire group of people that don't give a fuck anymore. And that is why NXT is not doing as well because there's a ton of people that just gave up on them and I don't blame them. Right. They completely slaughtered the show and in the process, they completely slaughtered their fan base for NXT. Bro, Ring of Honor went out of business, doesn't even have a show and is still, in my opinion, better than NXT. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I stopped literally, Alex just hit it perfectly. There's Literally nothing else that can be said asides from well said, Alex. Well said. I've been holding that in for so many months because it's something that just really has actually got on my nerves because NXT was my favorite show on wrestling every single week. Like even after AEW came around, AEW was great. I liked what they put out, but I've been a diehard loyal NXT fan since 2012. Like I spent most of my early young adult life watching NXT and like it was a show I absolutely loved. And they just fucking destroyed everything about it. Same man. It, it sucked. It, it really did. You know, just to watch everything that you've watched for so long, get completely torn apart within a matter of a week. It, mm-hmm. it, it's shitty, you know? And then mm-hmm. it sucked because, okay, you want to change the presentation of it. You want to get the fucking pe- planes, paint splatter logo you want to put them in the performance center do whatever but you also threw like to the point where there's 75 percent of people on the nxt roster that we have no clue who the fuck they are 
because nobody has ever tried to explain who they are. They just said, they just said, here you go. And we're just supposed to fucking take it, you know? Right. This NXT change happened, what, about a year ago or was it earlier? It's about a year and a month ago. Let's say. Yeah. About a, about a year and a month ago, it took us almost a full year to figure out who most of these people were and actually like get behind them. The only exception being Braun Breaker, because we know he's a son of a WWE Hall of Fame. There's a, there's a difference there. Right. But aside from that, we had to fucking learn from scratch who all of these people were and trying to do all of that. I can do that for a couple people, new people on the show. Like that happens in wrestling. But I only have to do it for an entire roster. Just don't give a fuck. Right. Sorry, this needed to be said. I've wanted to bitch about this with NXT for almost you- a year. You know, and it's ironic because of the fucking bright-ass paint splatter and all the lights being on in the Performance Center, but there were some lights during the dark times of NXT in the last year or so. You know, we got Braun Breaker, we got Carmelo Hayes, we got Toxic Attraction, we got Roxanne Perez on the rise. There's hasn't been... Oh, uh, Pretty Deadly. Uh, how, how could I forget them, but... As much as I shit on them, I will I will agree with you, Justin. Yes. So, well, you know, there, there have been bright spots, but it's very few and, you know, not a lot of people know about them now. Well, the other thing you got to think about this, too, is it's not even so much AEW. It being about John Moxley or, you know, this guy or that guy that were on the main roster. You got to think about it. AEW has a lot of those NXT black and gold peeps. Tony yep. Storm. You know, there, there's a bunch of them over there. So. Their their world their world champion their current world champion came from NXT. Yeah, so like, which are you gonna watch the the NXT people that you you loved, or these people that are on NXT now that you're like, well, you like me, like yeah, exactly, you're like me. Who who is that? Right, and like I said, I can I can handle having to learn a couple new people. That happens all the time, but this was an entire roster. Yeah, and and no offense to any of them, but like. Sorry, it's no offense. I'm you not did nothing. You like they did nothing wrong. It's the people that booked the show. It's right. just, it's it's not like a couple guys, you know, one or two guys leaving the roster. It was like literally the entire damn show was just. Butchered. They had about they had about five or six people that let their contracts expire, and then they fired the rest of them, and then everyone just, else came up. Yeah, Steps and then up. and then everybody else moved up. So, yeah, I mean, AEW beats them in the ratings, but I mean, what the like? To be honest, I'm shocked that Tommaso Ciampa didn't walk from the whole situation because I know he wanted to stay at NXT for their, his entire career. And you know what? I think with them merging NXT UK into NXT 2.0, well, now it's not 2.0, but you get what I mean. I think that helps a lot because now you do have you know, these veterans who have been wrestling for years, opposed to just having a roster full of people in some cool. cases that just stepped into a ring for the first time a month ago and right. they're trying to learn on national television. Right. And half of these people are only 19, 20 years old. The NXT champion, the current NXT champion is younger than me. Braun, I'm, I'm older than Braun Breaker by one day. Point. You're the youngest person on this show and you're older than the NXT champion. I was born October 23rd. He was born in Octo- October 24th of 1997. Oh, that's cute. You guys both have birthdays coming up in a couple days. Yep. Cool. We'll th- we'll throw next 
next week we'll throw a joint birthday party for Justin and Braun Breaker. Well, unfortunately, I, I won't be here next week. I'll be at New Japan, but... Okay, so in Justin's place, I will put a Photoshop picture of Justin and Braun Breaker's birthday party. Yay! Yay! <laughs> I By actually kind of like that. Maybe that'll be the cover art for next week's show. By the way, but, the December pay-per-view, I'm sorry, premium live event for NXT. The, the PLE, show some respect. Which is also the same day as uh, Ring of Honor's final battle or whatever it is. Uh, it's called NXT Deadline. Hmm. That will be the premium live events name. I like it. I I, I kind of like it. Yeah, we'll we'll see. Uh, yeah. Now ROH and NXT they won't be head to head that day because I believe ROH is actually going to be at four o'clock in the afternoon. So NXT will probably be like right after that. Smart. Right. Smart move. Very, very smart. Well, Tony Khan probably learned his lesson after Labor Day weekend. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> You learned a lot of lessons that weekend. <laughs> I'm just saying Clash at the Castle was a superior pay-per-view. Uh, appreciation for five seconds for Clash at the Castle. Such a good pay-per-view. Thank Premium you. Live event. Oh, man. I did the thing. <laughs> I did the thing that I just told Lee not to do. God damn it. Lee, what else do we have to talk about? Well, uh, you you remember that whole thing with CM Punk and the Elite and like a bunch of people that got suspended and you CM know, Punk we... and a bunch of people got suspended. Is there yeah. is there like a fight? Yeah, you and... remember the fight that like happened after like that pay per view? Oh yeah, it... there's is a pay per view. Yeah, yeah. brawl out. Yeah, that. Like no, that's a video. That's like the, their next video game. It's gonna be backstage assault at this rate. Didn't then the guy didn't someone bite a guy during that fight? Yeah, someone like bit somebody and, and it was like really weird and like I mean why would you bite somebody? But uh yeah, the uh real dog faced gremlin Ace <laughs> Steel was fired by AEW. I know Justin's upset about this. He's a huge Ace Steel fan, uh, even more than he is Danhausen. I didn't know who the fuck Ace Steel was until this year. If I'm being 100 percent honest with you, <laughs> uh, so I'm I, I first found out about Ace Steel when he got released from WWE as a, I think he was a coach at the PC. So I, I personally followed early Ring of Honor. Um, I, I've well, I followed Ring of Honor for a long time, so I knew who Ace Steel was. I didn't have like an extreme following of him, but I knew who he was from watching Ring of Honor. And to be honest, I didn't even know he was in AEW until he walked out during the middle of that CM Punk, uh, the CM Punk promo. Don't get me wrong, I liked Ace Steel. I liked him when I watched him, but the man fucking bit somebody. Like if I walked into my job tomorrow and just looked at someone and bit them right on the fucking arm i'd get fired that's what happens you don't bite people man's probably got like lockjaw now poor kenny omega look this this ace steel firing we all knew like if anybody's getting fired in all this it's gonna be ace steel 
We're, we're still trying to figure out what's going on with the elite and CM Punk. And I stick by my prediction is CM Punk will probably not be back in AEW. I think they're going to end up buying out his deal or he's going to buy out his deal or something's going to happen. And then we'll see Omega and the Bucks back, but they'll lose their positions as EVPs and they'll just be, you know, on-air talents. So in regards to that, I'm actually, I don't think I agree anymore. I think I kind of take back some of the things I said. So obviously we all agreed Ace Steel was going to be the one that took the fall for this out of anybody. Right. That one was apparent because it also sounded like he was the most unhinged person in that whole entire brawl. And basically, in my opinion, I think if he hadn't done what he did, I wasn't there, but I'm assuming when one bites somebody that makes a fight worse. That is just common sense. I would assume if if I was fighting with three or four people and I just took a chunk out of someone's arm, I'd imagine there's going to be some more mad people and the fight's going to get worse. So if I were to imagine that fight backstage and A-Steel and his rabid little freaking teeth and his claws running up on Kenny Omega and biting him, I'm sure that escalated the situation even more. So maybe if he had just minded his own business, the fight would have eventually slowed down. So if anybody takes more fault for just like keeping this thing going more than it already was, it was A-Steel. That being said, um, I don't, I don't, I think Punk's going to come back and it stems from something that happened on dynamite this past week. I also think that the elite suspension is probably not going to last too much longer. I could see them returning at full gear. Um, they acknowledged both Kenny Omega and CM Punk on AEW this past week. I don't remember exactly what it was for Kenny Omega. I, I knew literally up until this very moment, and I can't think of it. I but, remember they mentioned the elite during the trios match, but it sounded yes. like Giovanni was like very hesitant to even say it. Yeah, they, they brought him up during the trios match, and then during the promo before, um, during like the Ring of Honor promo they did later on in the show, they showed CM Punk. You're right. They did do that. So... I think it's possible that they might be trying to smooth some things over Are punk and the elite ever going to get along again. I don't think so, but uh, I, I have a feeling with all the legalities that are getting involved here too. It's very possible that Tony Khan and his attorneys are telling them you guys are going to fucking get along and we're going to sue you for breach of contract. Now, just, just a follow-up question with everything, which, which do you think is more dangerous guys? The NXT parking lot or backstage at AEW? Oh, right. It is a good question. What if, wait, hold on. What if I add in the backstage interviewing segment of Monday Night Raw? Okay, well, I'm going to add in uh, backstage at the impact zone where ninjas kidnap you, throw you in a truck, and you just come back when nothing happened. I'm going to say... Can uh, we all remember that that was a Kazuchika Okada that was involved with that? <laughs> Maybe it was, but they never acknowledged it on TV. Yep. I'm also going to say, let's not forget on television, Impact killed a guy. They've killed many people at Impact. I mean, just saying, like... Didn't James Storm throw Mickey, uh, Mickey James in front of a moving train? Yes, he did. <laughs> Didn't Vince McMahon get in a limo and literally blow up? Yep. Yep. And then didn't... Uh, Don't do it. Don't do it. 
<laughs> I know what you're about to do. Don't do it. I mean, you <laughs> you know what I, I'm talking about. So just like use your imagination as to what he was going to mention next after the Vince McMahon limo explosion. Did, did, I'm kind of curious what he's talking about. Really? <laughs> it happened, Justin. It happened about a week later. It was like 2000. Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> like. I, I mean, I remember that segment very, very well. Vince McMahon was like looking like down, down in the dumps, and he was, you know, he was watching the rock, the, watching him walk out. Justin, Paul, you brought this upon yourself. Paul Don't London, forget Paul London smiling. I was bringing that up. Paul <laughs> London with the big fucking shit grin on his face, and then a week later. You don't hear that? No. no. <laughs> Wow. Odd how that picks up my voice, but it doesn't pick up a song. I think oh. your phone was like too close to the speaker. Um, anyways, so yeah, no. Uh Lee was about to bring up Crispin Wa. Anywho, oh, Crispin. But, but but back back to our points though. People have literally killed people on television. But yeah, no, I I don't think anybody else is gonna leave. I think. I really don't think Punk's going to want to go out on a sour note in his career a second time. Uh, I obviously don't think that the elite's going anywhere, at least now. I think it's possible that after the situation that the elite chooses not to re-sign their next contracts, but I don't think they're just going to sit at home for the rest of the time that they have. Right. It's going to basically come down to who's willing to throw the bigger paychecks, if you will. Now, yeah, that's all I'm saying. I'm sticking to it. It's all about the money. Yeah, no, when they resign, I'm just talking, we're talking about right now whether um, people are going to come back. Oh, I was like the suspension. Yeah, I was going to talk out Shane McMahon's theme song. Yeah, no, no, we're not Honestly, doing that. I considered it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think we're going to see all four of them back. At this point, I've, I've changed my mind on the punk situation. Do do I still think he should be fired? Maybe. But do I think he's going to be fired? No. Tony Khan's put too much money and time into him. Listen, I'm a CM Punk fan, so when he refers to himself as best in the world, he's best in the world. And ladies and gentlemen, it's clobbering time. You can go to youtube.com slash perched on the top rope and watch all our interviews that you hear here on Apple podcast. Speaking of Apple podcast, you can catch our podcast anywhere and everywhere. As I just said, Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, Podbay, Red Circle, you name it. Our podcast is on there. And thank you for everyone who has kept us on their chartable top 250s for most downloaded category in professional wrestling in Ireland. Thank you for keeping us on your charts for two years in counting. We love you. I've been to Dublin. Beautiful. Beautiful. It's beautiful over there. Is it beautiful? It's beautiful. Hell yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, you can also go to our TikTok page it is perched on the top rope you can watch selena scenes sad moments in professional wrestling history good moments in professional wrestling history and the best moments in professional wrestling that include uh, zach Ryder winning the intercontinental championship at wrestlemania 32 because you will not convince me that it is not one of the greatest moments in professional wrestling history 
just like Danhausen's existence. And ladies and gentlemen, if none of that tickles your fancy on our TikTok, well, it's pinned on the page. You can watch the Taskmaster Kevin Sullivan. That's right, the Taskmaster Kevin Sullivan get humped by a dog. Woof, woof. We love you, Kevy. Kevy. By the way, we've interviewed him. We should, like, really get that up sometime. Yeah, not a bad idea, honestly. Uh, Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, (laughs) you can also check out Perched on the Top Rope on Twitch at twitch.tv. Sundays at 9 p.m. as Alex Todd here is the Perched Gaming Connoisseur as he streams the most fun games, whether it's pro wrestling or not pro wrestling. So, uh, yeah, make sure you check that out. Ladies and gentlemen, you can also check out Justin, the Perched Correspondent, as he vlogs from anywhere and everywhere he goes professional wrestling related. Now he's already got Thanos' rings of WWE, AEW, Ring of Honor, Impact. And ladies and gentlemen, he is putting that crown jewel on no plug to Blood Money WWE But he is about to knock off another stone. And ladies and gentlemen, we are going to see a vlog at YouTube.com in Justin We Trust as he attends his first New Japan Pro Wrestling show. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, you heard me right. New Japan Pro Wrestling. Congratulations, Justin. We are very proud of you. Thank you very much. Ladies and gentlemen, you can also find us on Facebook as we are coming close now to 11,000 likes. It is facebook.com slash perched on the top rope. You can also find us on Instagram at perched on the top rope podcast. And you can find us on Twitter at perched top rope. Now, ladies and gentlemen, as we always say, spoiler freeze, the way to be. We're out. Yes, boy. Damn it. You motherfucker.